This is the Better Life, Better Work Show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to introduce this loving and saucy solely to you. Today, our guest is Beth Liebling. And I want to read... I, I, this morning, I went and was like looking at her stuff. And I grabbed this off of her Facebook page because it describes it so well. Because she's had a rich history professionally and um, is a Renaissance woman. I work with a lot of Renaissance women who don't just focus on one thing, but who really are like just yummy up whole life. So... Um, Beth is a divorced, middle-aged mother of five children and grandmother, and she has an amazing boyfriend. You and Gary have been together for a while now. So fun. She is an Ivy League-educated, former board-certified divorce attorney who got tired of breaking up people, and now she helps couples stay together. She founded Darling Way, a uniquely romantic, elegantly sexy retail boutique in the historic Houston Heights neighborhood, also online at darlingway.com. Darling Way is also Beth's soapbox from which she coaches individuals and couples of all ages and backgrounds, teaching them how to create more intimacy, love, and romance in life, regardless of their relationship status. She loves to travel the country. She leads workshops, events, retreats, cruises, um, focusing on love, sex, and relationships. And her best-selling book, Love, Laughter, Love and Laughter, Sexy, Meaningful, Fun for Everyone. Um, she's had a radio show and podcast called Love and Laughter with Beth. Um, and she has a video series on YouTube. We'll link all this other stuff up. Um, but she is um, got a loyal audience that is continually growing. I know Soli's freaking love Beth. When Beth walks in, the Soli's know the room is going to get a little bit more exciting. Um, she is super intelligent. She is super brave, um, has a lighthearted approach to serious topics that a lot of people are really uncomfortable talking about, but you bring so much warmth and love um, and you help people ignite their passion in their relationships. And so my favorite part of that is you got sick of helping people get divorced and you decided to start helping people stay together. Tell us about that. <laughs> Thanks so much, Allison. Um, it was really just depressing. I, um, I went into divorce law because I wanted to help people. I say I have a social worker heart. I always have. My parents got divorced when I was 13 and it was awful. I just thought even as a kid, there's no way this shouldn't have to be this bad. If they had lawyers that were actually thinking about the family and the relationship that my parents were still going to have to have after they got divorced, things would be a lot better. And so... All through school, I was torn between going into counseling or going to law, and it just 
frankly, the decision came down to a, a PhD in psychology. I thought it would be the night before a dissertation was due. And I'd be like, damn, I got to write a 300 page paper <laughs> versus the law. It was just, I could take the bar exam and my ADHD definitely ruled that decision. But, uh, so I went into a divorce law knowing that I wanted to make things better. And when my first meeting with people, with new clients, I would tell them, you have two choices. You can either pay your kid's college or my kid's college, mm-hmm. right? It's a very simple thing that way. And if I do my job helping you pay your kid's college, my business will thrive and I'm good. And that's the way I think it should be. But, but as I got more and more successful, I'm ambitious. I'm an alpha kind of female, um, type A. Um, the way that you get more successful as a divorce lawyer is that you start handling cases with more and more millions of dollars at stake but fighting over money was never my thing. And so mm-hmm. I stopped. I was too, a third of my docket was representing kids. I was having night, I was having dreams about my kid clients, not my own five children. And right. Yeah. Um, right? I, I take family values very seriously. We create our families and I think they are, they should be the foundation for everything good in life. But uh, so now I, I stopped practicing law and it was only after my own divorce, after 23 years of marriage where, and I joke and I say we had BMS, Foreign married sex for 23 years. Sex. Yeah. It's everybody out there knows a little bit about what I'm saying. I yeah. it just happens, right? Um, you just don't want to get stuck there for too long. But um, but I decided I never wanted to do that again. And I wanted to help elevate and I wanted people to realize and to have a village to support love and romance and intimacy because we know that when it comes to uh, suicide, mental health, mm. um, being gay, all, all of these things we've, we've learned that silence doesn't work for us. And yet when it comes to sexuality, romance and intimacy, we're still silent as a community and that's not good. So I say it's really, I find it kind of ironic that when I was fighting for my clients in divorce, I was very well respected. Mm. But now that I fight for love, people want to label me weird. I know. I, just, that, I think that's a travesty. I find that I've had a lot of conversations. I had one with a um, past client this morning. I had one with a current client yesterday. And, you know, we are, we are living in a world where there is a blanket of mass consciousness that has decided what is right and wrong and good and bad and what is... Um, so when I hear your story, what I hear is a moment of alignment. Um, it's one of the reasons my business is called Soulful Living. Why we call it Soulful. The soulful part is there. And so like, yeah, you had the success, but your soul said something's out of alignment here. And it is totally a bummer that um, <laughs> those of us who align with the soul and begin um, nurturing that are seen as the weirdos. And I've started to take honor in the crazy, in the different. I'm willing, and I know you are too, willing to be somebody who goes against the status quo. And God knows we've seen a lot of really successful people or people that appear to have everything on the outside that don't have everything on the inside. So I know making those alignment moves in our lives and our career are totally worth it. I do have to ask you personally, 
How did you go? So this is the thing. There's so many ways to be a love and relationship coach. And what I love about you is Darling Way is your sexy boutique, all kinds of toys and clothes and accoutrements, sexy, sexy, fun. You call it sexy fun. I do. Um, and, and I say the shop has everything fun, flirty, frisky, and even a little bit fetish. I love it. Okay. But that's what's so funny because I it's not called a sex shop, right? Like you think of, and sex is not bad, but that's the whole point is like there is, yes, you have all these fun toys and tools and things to create environment and pleasure, but your the alignment that you bring in is more than the product. You're really helping elicit a part of that person's soul to come alive again. And so how did you how did you end up in that little niche? I um I think it came from the fact that that my husband and I we did we really did joke about having boring married sex. Yeah. And, and I was open-minded. Uh-huh. I always happen. And yet somehow during my marriage, I despite that open mind, I still had so much shame about my body, about my desires. I was embarrassed to admit what I wanted to even to myself, mm-hmm. quite frankly. It was easier to turn it off than it was to think about what might turn me on mm-hmm. and, and that. Um and so I, I felt so much less than during my marriage. And when I came out of it, I just was, I had to be more than that. I wanted to be more than that. I wanted to be my whole self. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that quote, sex these days is really about, it's, it's code, it's shorthand for male erection and orgasm. Mm-hmm. That is such a very limiting definition. Yep. Yep. And and by that standard, you and I, as women, we're, we don't even really account for anything. Our right. pleasure isn't factored in. Yep. And so I think it has to be expanded. And that's why I really do. I, I use sexy fun because yeah. it doesn't have to involve a man at all. It doesn't have to involve penetration at all. It doesn't have to involve his orgasm. Frankly, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to include our orgasm. Right. But there is so much more. And to me, the more is my goal is that I think it actually should all be about love. Mm-hmm. That is not to say that I believe, oh, everybody should hold up until they find the one or marriage or that there's some arbitrary standard for when this physical sexual expression of love should occur. It's that I think that just if we celebrate sexy fun as an expression of love, then we make it more fulfilling. We make it more rewarding. We open ourselves up to an amazing amount of physical, mental, emotional, sexual, and spiritual intimacy that we all really deserve. And yet we don't know. We, we truly don't even know what's there. Mm-hmm. My husband and I would have a lot of, quote, sex. He would complain it wasn't enough. I was complaining it was too much. But really, it was that he wasn't getting emotional intimacy. I wasn't getting emotional intimacy. So the sexual act, that, quote, sex, wasn't enough to make up for everything that was missing. So that's why Darling Way, it's not about one particular act. It is not about an orgasm. It's not about actually loving somebody else until until and unless you start loving yourself. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, come in, this is, this is my journey. And it started with learning to love myself. And when you love yourself, then you can also love others. But we'll help you do both. And if you just want to love yourself, that's cool with us. You just deserve the very best. 
This is what I love about you. So you just said two, two, I mean, you said a lot that was really good, but one I wrote down and then the, the very last thing, Darling Way and your boutique and your coaching and the workshops you do is the embodiment of you, Beth, loving yourself, right? And so here's, this is, you, you said about your marriage, it was easier to turn it off than it was to think about what turns me on. And I find that desire in all areas of life, emotional, physical, sexual, career, parenting, desire is really taboo. Yes. It, it is, it's not just taboo to the world. Emotionally, we're not taught. I mean, I remember as a little kid being told, you know, don't feel that feeling, stop that crying bullshit, or what I want didn't matter. Like it was just dismissed instead of, you know, being taught. Um, one of the distinctions I learned as an adult was the difference of wanting and having. And a lot of the men in my life haven't understood. Um, my husband is finally understanding, but that I can want something without having to have it, that there is pleasure in the window shopping. Yes. Yes, in that desire itself. That I, that's so brilliant because I had the same conversation actually the other day about that people are so concerned with being disappointed that they will try to convince themselves and others not to want something mm-hmm. because they think it can't come true. Right. That's just so ludicrous. We should appreciate the wanting, that desire, the dreams, the fantasies, the the, the joy and the excitement and the tiny, tiny, tiniest, tiniest little bit of possibility that maybe our wildest dreams could actually come true. Well, and I love that's the thing too. Even if they don't, there's not a disappointment, right? Like, so my example is um, high heel shoes. And I used to love and wear high heel shoes. And I still, when I, I still have a deep sensual appreciation for a gorgeous pair of shoes. And I know that in having them, I, I experience disappointment because it physically hurts my body. I just, my body, I've just decided my body doesn't want to wear them, but it doesn't mean that I don't have a gorgeous pair of purple suede booties that actually Ooh. would, I don't know if you wear the same size shoe as me, but I should probably give them to you. Um, there's nine and a half. Oh, just, 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 oh my just God. I'm giving you these booties. I like $300 shoes and I, I just can't wear the high heels. But here's the thing. One of the reasons, you know, part of me is like, oh, maybe someday I'll wear them. Who knew that I'd actually have someone to give them to that would appreciate them. Um, but I do, I still enjoy the beauty. I love seeing them in my closet. Yes. So it, the wanting of window shopping is even like, I see, you know, I know that we're on a podcast and y'all can't see the background, but there's this um, poster in the back, best background. And I can see that and want that. And I can imagine myself wearing that dress. And also I don't have to feel it. Both are, if I did, it would be satisfying. But if I didn't, it's still satisfying just enjoying your art. And so that distinction I think is amazing. Um, So one, if we realize that just, desiring doesn't have to lead to disappointment. But two, that's what I love too, is that you give space for your clients to, um, you're a bridge. I think traditional 
shops where, okay, so we talk about this a lot in Soulful Success. My clients are gardeners, not machines. And I think there's a time and a place and machines can do that. But gardener human beings that run businesses are actually not just concerned with the sale of product. They're also relationships and nurturing are a part of the process. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. So you're definitely a gardener. And I think traditionally, if you were going to go into a boutique that had sexy, fun toys, you know, it's like people giggling in the corners and you actually love on your clients in the room. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because traditionally, I would go to these other adult stores or the sex shops um, and I would go in and the irony is, is that they took all of the sexy out. Right. It was, I say at the very best, it was like a target. It was clean. It was organized, but you don't go in there. Like you don't go to target asking them how to prepare a really meaningful Thanksgiving dinner or holiday dinner for your family with love. You go in there, ask how to, you know, what do they have for a a quick picnic and for, for things that are just for fun and move on. Mm -hmm. And that, that is sometimes those kinds of fun. That's great. But darling way, our clients come in and I have to say, they'll spend probably an hour and a half to two hours average in our shop yeah. because it is, it's warm. It's inviting. It's in a residential area. It's a cottage. Literally mm-hmm. when I pulled yeah. out before we moved into this cottage, the first thing I thought was, Oh my God, it's darling. And it had love before we even moved in there. It just, you just felt yeah. it. So, um, but that's what it is. It's, it's not about just, here's a product and I need to sell this just like as a divorce lawyer. It was, I want to do, as long as I take care of you, I'm good. So in my shop, we're trying to find the things that are going to help enhance people's lives Mm -hmm. through adding love, adding laughter, adding joy, adding more pleasure, teaching them and helping them to live and love passionately because, because it's important to do both. And, and that's the thing. And, and desire just help, it helps turn up our, our pilot light, right? Yeah. A desire for anything. We can see a Ferrari on the street. I don't want to really drive a Ferrari, but I stop and I look. Believe yeah. me, when I hear a Gorgeous. loud car, Watching right? but not having, like, yeah. Yes, yes. It's totally <laughs> beautiful. And I can have these images and desires. Of, oh, wouldn't it be fun if this Ferrari just pulled up and somebody said, here, it's yours. And then that would be it. Frankly, as soon as I had that Ferrari, mm-hmm. I would start dreaming about something else. I think dreaming and wanting, desiring, fantasizing mm-hmm. in every aspect of our life is really what keeps us going. And um, remember on Friends, I think there's a Friends episode for like everything. There's one where Phoebe's inhabited by somebody's spirit. Okay. And the woman says, um, or the, the old husband says, oh yeah, she said, you know, when she's seen it all or something. But um, she, Phoebe, as this woman watches a lesbian wedding, and the old woman in her head says, now I've seen it all. And she, and she's gone, right? The spirit's gone. Yeah. And I just think that's it, right? If we haven't seen it all, that's what keeps us alive. And so we... Yeah, we there's so much that. to taste in life. There's so much to experience. And um, you have this little corner, both in Houston, but also online and around the world. Like You're not limited to go into best shops. Um, I've been in the room with Beth without her products and just the heart that she has for people. Um, I remember at one gathering that we were at, you know, you just really nurturing a woman that um, 
hasn't hadn't really taken care of herself physically and she acknowledged that she hadn't had sex in her marriage in 20 or 30 years or something like that and you know at that point it wasn't about the products it was you just you just held her tender heart and um were I don't want to get too many details because that's her private story, but the, you were just holding her in permission to love herself. Yeah. And whatever she like to, to begin to get back those desires. Um, while I'm thinking about it, I want to speak of one little product and then I want to actually get into deeper story, but it's so funny. So y'all, Beth, she, she does, she brings some of these products. She's done a workshop for my clients. Um, we have all kinds of pictures from Camp Starheart after dark that are not allowed at public. Um, <laughs> they're so cute though. Oh, they're don't get the wrong idea. It's no, actually, we just, no right? they're totally it's just cute. It's fun. It's everybody. It's women being uninhibited. Yes. And it's women smiling like we're, we're, we're kids where we're, there's no judgment. We're not holding back. There's just sheer pleasure and excitement and interest and um, no, I a love little bit of naughtiness. My clients go wild for it. And you know, I'm a little more... So here's the thing. In my everyday dress, I wear solid colors. I'm a t-shirt and jeans person. And Beth has been so generous. She's like, Allison, I want to gift you like, you know, like a negligee or something, but anything you want. And I was just like, I can't think of what I want. I'm just this white t-shirt and jeans person. So that's what I wanted to say was next thing I know, Beth comes up to me and she has got the slinkiest, sexiest white tee. And so even that's the thing is like, I made up this story that I love to look at your stuff, but it's not really me, you know? And then all of a sudden I love that little sexy white t-shirt. It's so my personality. So you, your, your products touch a range of our personalities from the, you know, I kind of like the like tomboy white tee and jeans, sexy, and all the way to the wild and sparkling um, taboo diva queen. Like I just, I love that. The other thing, um, I know these, this is the product stuff, but it embodies something. What I see on your social media, and t- tell me how you do this, but I think you had take real customers who are who are willing and they're your models. So you are using real bodies, all yes. shapes and sizes. So I I feel like and ages. Are, yes, I feel like you are very pro human bodies being feeling beautiful. This is not about one size. Um, this it's not about the stereotypical model that you see modeling lingerie. But I love watching your feeds on social media because I see these women celebrating. And sometimes their yes. men come in with them, all different ages, like you said, but I see them celebrating their feel good. And yes. so tell us a little bit about that. Well, that was a big part of my mission for Darling White was, again, self my own self-interest, my self-journey. Because I was 44 years old, I felt horribly unattractive. I felt undesirable. Mm. I'd only been this wife and mother and, and was so shut down. I wanted to find lingerie that, that made me feel good. But if I went to you know the mall places, they looked at me like I was crazy because I wasn't 20-something. And frankly, I didn't feel good going in there because yeah. I wasn't 20-something and a 
stick thin person. Um, and then if you went to someplace more like that was geared towards a more mature woman, they would look at you and go, oh, poor you, you have to be sexy kind of thing. And I was like, but I want to be, I'm not doing this for somebody else. I'm doing this because my pilot light is out and I need to turn it on, damn it. Mm. Um, and they didn't understand that. They didn't celebrate it with me and, um, and encourage me to be happy and, and to own that. Um, so now one of my favorite workshops is own your sexy power because I know so what tell it's me like a little, that was to. my next question. Um, it was tell us about some of the workshops you have. So we've talked a little bit about the store and the products, and I love how they're embodiment of your true story because your story is not just yours. Right. It is many women and men, but especially women. It is many of us have have been in that kind of marriage, have lost our pilot light, don't want to shrivel into nothing. Um, yeah. So tell us, tell us um, about find your sexy power. So that's it. So people might come in, right? Not knowing what they want or something. And then, like I said, so we tell them, we'll help you figure out and start by loving yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is partly just, we put things on and it can feel like love. But right. then there's also, how do we actually embody that in the world around us? Mm-hmm. The problem is when we look around the world, we can find examples of men who are successful and sexy and what's really interesting is that they oh, good looking, successful, sexy, and then we actually imbue them with being smart. Mm-hmm. George Clooney is the ultimate. I don't know anything about that guy, but everybody thinks he's just brilliant because he looks so good and distinguished mm-hmm. and he's smart and successful and handsome. If we try to think about women, we don't have great examples of mm-hmm. smart attractive, successful women who are also sexy. No, we tend to dumb them down. If, if they dumb. have that outer shell, we're like, oh, they're dumb. Yes, right. The, the idea is I say, I'm a quote, nice Jewish girl. I was taught, right? Be a doctor, be a lawyer or marry a doctor, lawyer or both and go to good schools. And it was this idea that if you're smart, you don't have to be sexy. In fact, you shouldn't be because the sexy ones were the ones who didn't have anything else to go by. <clears throat> and that's just ridiculous. So we need to learn to to be ourselves, whatever our energy is, right? And whether we're gender male, gender female, we all have some masculine energy. We all have some feminine energy. And, and our sexy is some combination of that. And we, when we can tune into it, then we can embrace all of us. And so, for example, as a divorce lawyer, to be successful, it was about, um, I was deemed more successful if I was deemed, if I was seen as more masculine. If I embraced that more masculine, go get them attitude. If I buttoned myself up, if my skirts weren't mm-hmm. too, too short, if my heels weren't too long, you know, not too much makeup, just to, to become as androgynous or as masculine as I could. Mm-hmm. And yet by doing that, I was totally leaving behind my feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is I'm a very aggressive, um, logical, rational, fighter, warrior. But I also use my feminine energy with all of that. And so when I left it behind, I was only really not as good a lawyer as I could have been. And, and I was still a great lawyer. But now when we can embrace all of them in a way that feels good to us. And so if we control and say, okay, I want to pull in and bring that masculine energy today. Like, you know, I have a, a little power bra um, and, uh, I don't know, I'll like show, even though I don't know, but right. It's got the little, the little metal on it. And so even if nobody else sees it, if I'm having a bad day or I've got a big meeting or something like that, I just can touch it and know and, and tune into that. 
Um, and yet it's still so feminine, but it's that masculine power. Um, so I think people need to learn how to use it because if they're not embracing all of themselves during the day, they, you know, one day would be fine. But if you're doing this for year after year and you, you literally, you cannot find that romantic spirit, that sensual person (laughs) that you were because you put them away years ago, you don't know where they are and you can't get back in touch. So we have to find ways to actually to do whatever we're doing in the real world where it's not about sexy fun, but it is about who we are. And if we may be a very, very um, alpha person on the outside and still want to wear lacy bits on the inside. Mm-hmm. That's true for men or women yeah. right there. There are an astonishing number of men that are sit on Fortune 500 boards that love to wear women's underwear. Mm-hmm. That was that study. I think it might have been like 30%, 40% of men or something there. So if we just find a way that it's healthy, where there's not shame associated with it, but it really lifts us up, it's going to give us more and um, and use to fuel. Um, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, right. he, he talked about sexual transmutation, that when he only studied male, if that's all there were then, billionaires, I think in the 1937 or something, um, and found that every successful male billionaire at the time was um, was having happy, healthy, sexy fun. They were in touch with their sexual and sensual desires and connection. They were using it in a healthy way. And in fact, he found that bricklayers who were not having sexy stuff were, they only laid half as many bricks in a day as a bricklayer who was getting laid also. And um, that's interesting. And we know this because we joke about if we're at the office and somebody comes in and they're all glowing. We are like, yes, we know it. Men know it. Women know it. We just can tell. So, um, but we're not used to, again, because of our definition of sex, right? It's not something that's actually uplifting us. And that's where Mm -hmm. sexy fun will uplift. And that can be again, by yourself or with a partner. Um, but it needs to be good for all. So that's own our sexy power is about how to do that and how to be your romantic, sensual, sexual being, even in the real world and use it to your benefit and succeed ways that you never thought. So you're never better in the boardroom than you are in the bedroom. Yeah. People forget that. Yeah. Well, it's true. So the other one I want to ask you about, um, because I think our audience will find it interesting too. I remember you telling me about a rabbi that had you come into the synagogue and teach these classes. And so I, to me, that was, um, I mean, it's not surprising because I know you and I know what you do, but I, it does, it bursts the molds of, like you said, the adult stores. And so tell us about what you go into these churches teaching people. Oh, I love it. Well, so I grew up a nice Jewish girl, but I wasn't, I'm not very dogmatic, but as I've gotten older, I've actually gotten more spiritual. And mm-hmm. and what I realized is that when we have all of those, there are different types of intimacy, the physical, emotional, the romantic, sexual, and spiritual. When we have all those, I think it's as close to a divine connection as we get. Mm-hmm. So that is my take on it. And that's why I can work with these, um, the clergy and the religious leaders, because if their values are truly about keeping ha- couples together, if their values are family oriented, then we have to address that underlying romantic foundation that is the basis for the family. So um, it is such an amazing honor. And the, the Jewish Federation um, actually gave us, the rabbi and I, a grant to do these four workshops. We're, oh, cool. it, it's just incredible. I'm, I'm hoping that we will do this more and more often and that I will 
speak to more and more religious people because I think religion is one of the the ways that we get confused about that somehow or another being faithful gives us the idea that we shouldn't be that sexual, romantic, mm. wild, um, passionate person. Right. And that there's a little tape. I have one client who just said there was a little tape in her head, even after a marriage of 25 years to a man she loved, always loved and still does. Um, and she'd say he would want that blah, blah, blah. And I would hear, Ooh, bad girls, you know, only bad girls yeah. do that. Or why would he want a wife to do that? Or he must not respect me or I'm a good girl. I don't do that. Yeah. And, and yet, so working with me, what she found, and I love the way she phrased it is that she learned to not only love her husband, but to love loving her husband. Mm, I love that. That, right. That's that. She summed it all up. That's what this is about. And that's what every, every person of faith should have because marriage, that's about it. And for um, Jews particularly, there are a couple of funny things that uh, make me very proud to be Jewish, which is that a Jewish woman is actually entitled to a divorce if her husband is not sexually pleasing her <laughs> on a regular basis. Yes. Now get this. The men don't have that option. It's wow. only a gift granted to the woman. Wow. So that I love. And that comes from the Old Testament. So yeah. that is God's way, right? Women are designed. We have a clitoris that is the only organ on the entire human body that is designed with no function, only pleasure. Other pleasure, right? That's and it. for years, power and sex and money and toxic masculinity, not healthy masculinity, but oh. has, you know, really taken that away. And I see you as... um you know, new new ideas. They're old ideas that are new again. We're uncovering our souls. We're uncovering our holiness and our purity. Yes. Right? Like where things have been distorted. And so I'm just so honored to know you and, and knowing that you Thank were you. on this trajectory and you just said, no, my soul says something different. And then I love that it has this vehicle of something that is... Just I make I smile when I think about you and your work, and um, it's it's really you know I want people to take the time and slow down past the pictures to listen to your heart and your heart for connection and intimacy. And I've watched you live that with um, Gary. I've watched you go from really longing to be in a relationship again to growing with him over the last year. And um, I, you guys follow her Facebook page. Like you've shared some really, you shared a post last week. Um, it, I didn't have a chance to respond, but you talked about like how when Gary's away, you'll get mad at him. <laughs> yes, and I'm a lot terrible. of people like me too. And Bill and I do that to each other too. Like we don't ever fight, but every once in a while, one of us will get this phone call. I did it to him two weeks ago. I was like, I don't want you to go house sit those dogs. And really what was going on was like that little inside was feeling insecure. I wasn't really mad at him. He did the same thing last time I was away for an event. He was like, these dogs are driving me nuts. And I hate when you go out of town. And he told me later, he's like... I was just really lonely for you. I really, you know, there was actually something really romantic and sweet. It wasn't needy on either end, but um, it does uncover some of these deep things. And I, so I love how you're not just coming from the expert, which you totally are. You're also still your own best client. <laughs> right, right. I, I say, I don't think, um, 
I think the world is better when we share our love stories. Yeah. And that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right? I am not out there just saying, oh, it's all peaches and cream and everything is good. And, and you should be perfect and happy from day one till the end. I... It is messy. It is hard. It is painful. It is hard to grow ourselves up. It is embarrassing. We make fools of ourselves on a regular basis. And, and those are the things that we just need to share. And we make messes and, you know, sexy blooper stories. Those are the <laughs> best. I love doing those stories. Um, we do sexy trivia once a month. And that's one of my favorite things is in the middle to, in our breaks to ask for people to share their sexy bloopers because oh, otherwise hilarious. we think it's just us. And once we can share it and everybody's laughing together, I say we always want to laugh with each other, never at each other, yeah. but it's so much better. And if we, um, Especially, I'm really on a on a on a bent now because I'm here. I hear so many stories of people that are struggling with things that they're not the only ones, but they feel like it because nobody talks about it. Yeah. And people are okay to say, "Oh yeah, we're a happy marriage," and "Oh yeah, we've had our hard times," but they don't really expand upon them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "No, please, if you're happy, share how bad it was, share how awful mm-hmm. it was, so that people in the middle of that awfulness can say, okay, there might still be light at the end of this tunnel.'" Because there really can be when we start talking and opening up and not thinking it's the end of the world and not thinking a broken heart is the end of our lives. Right. Um, and so I don't want to be just the professional. Dr. Ruth is still one of my absolute heroes and she is just phenomenal. So I never, I'm not trying to take anything away from her, but her approach was very much as the professional. When somebody once yeah. asked her about her sex life, right. She, she didn't want to go there. She thought that wasn't appropriate and that's totally good for her. But for me, I can't, um, I can't feel comfortable encouraging people to share their stories if I'm not willing to do the same. So I, I try hard not to be a hypocrite, but that means sometimes... I don't think you're a hypocrite. I think that's the other yeah. thing. We, we're coming into a new age where authentic leadership, vulnerable leadership, um, human leadership yes. is more valuable than, quote, positional leadership. I'm, I'm really into that right now because anybody can be granted a title, Right, And you and I both know we've spent time around people where we only see the perfection on the outside and we don't see the humanity. And there's all, I mean, I've been behind a lot of stages and there's always some humanity. And I find that that kind of leadership leads to shame, self-judgment. And so that, you know, you're talking about your client a while ago and said not only did, um, you know, she learned how to love loving her husband. And my guess is she did that through loving herself. Because the more you love yourself, the more we release shame, blame, and guilt from our lives, the more open our hearts get. And so I see you as an authentic leader, a human leader. Um, My my bias is it's the best fucking kind. (laughs) Yeah, it just, and it feels, it feels good. I, you know, I paid a price for being so transparent and um, it is not easy. It is not sure. easy to feel like, um, even in my book, I shared some stories that are very intimate and personal. I shared, I didn't orgasm until after I had my first baby. Um, and that, you know, <laughs> knowing people are going to read, my daughter's read it, my aunt, you know, different. I just, but I feel like I just have to do this. And this is part of my growth too. I have to just accept that I am, I am not perfect. I am going to mess up. I am not going to. I just think... 
I remind myself every day that what I can do for anybody and everybody is that I can at least get a conversation started and I can throw out some ideas and some perspectives that very few other people have. I, I don't know anybody. Most of this is, is so different, even from people who talk about sex on a regular basis, right? We each have our own personal take on things. And so what, whether you agree with me or disagree with me, there is something, if I start the conversation and if you will follow, if you will just follow up, if, if you're out there, like listeners, if, if you listen to this and you have a partner or you have friends, I so encourage you to talk to them about it. Ask them to, to listen to this and talk about what are you not talking about with your friends? Mm-hmm. Are you sharing about whether you're struggling with orgasms? Are you struggling with, um, oh, here's a great story. If you're, people will love it. I went into my dentist once. I'm 54 now. And several years ago, so probably around 50, went into the dentist for a checkup. And I'm like, I don't understand. My son, my tongue is so dry. It feels like sandpaper. I must be giving too many blowjobs to my new boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and thank God I have a dentist, a female dentist who's 70, I think. And she looked at me and she says, oh, honey. She says, that's just menopause. And I look, oh my God, how do I not know about this, right? I'm doing this business. I know I'm learning. I am on top of things, but I didn't know. She's like, your eyes dry out, your tongue dries out, your skin dries out, your pussy dries up, like everything mm-hmm. dries up. And I was like, thank you so much. You just saved my boyfriend actually. So Because I was <laughs> like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it. Right. But that's the thing. So again, even just menopause, if we're really truly honest about what's going on, it just can be so helpful for people around us. And we don't mm-hmm. always know it, but, um, but I do every time I doubt it and I think, okay, shut up, Beth. I get a message from somebody saying, I heard you and oh my God, thank you so much. I have no idea. And so, um, please just do it on some faith and just, let's just start talking and saying that, that love, love matters, loving ourselves matter. And, um, and that if we want to everything. I look around. It's so funny because Target, Walmart, every, every place, they're so happy. Every religion is like communicate and love more and, and date nights. And yet, and Brene Brown, who is, she's a miracle, right? I love her daring greatly. Her talks about vulnerability, be vulnerable in sex, be vulnerable in your relationship, all of these things. And then they stop. Hmm. I'm like, this is where I come in. Yeah. Because now when you're willing to be brave, to be courageous, to be vulnerable, when you've read all of Brene Brown's books and you look at your spouse and say, okay, I'm willing to be vulnerable. What do we do? That's where I can help because it becomes then the practical of what do you do? How do you start? How do you even begin to, 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 to figure out what it is that's that would turn you on when you've turned it off for so long? Well, yeah, exactly. And we, we forget that, um, it's not something we've, you know, I have clients say something, well, I don't know how to, I don't know how to think. I, a lot of times I'll ask a question, like, if you didn't believe that thought, what would be there instead? And they're like, I don't know. And I said, well, of course you don't know. Cause you haven't had any practice. Yes. It's and a vacuum. So that's the other thing is like, you can be a little bit of a mentor, not just a coach. You're not having to have the, you know, and they're not Googling, you know, a lot of times I do tell my clients, Google that shit. But you know, a lot of times if we're going to Google this, it's been so mis marketed, we're yeah. not going to get something helpful. And I do think that's where you come in. And I just want to re-encourage you. Um, I know you're confident in your work, but I also know your work gets censored. Sometimes yes. it gets misunderstood. And I just, please keep being willing to be misunderstood. Keep be w- willing to be censored by the people that are naysayers, because there are so many of us that... Um, 
do need your message. And just like anybody I work with, including myself, not everybody is going to align with our message. But if if we close our mouths because of that, we're doing a disservice. And um, so just reminding you that, God, not just you, Beth, but everybody that's listening for just a minute, of course, you're going to have people that are naysayers. I had a client yesterday saying, you know, was talking about the naysayers in our life. And we have got to, it's going to happen. We have got to start focusing on the fact that our soul is telling us to open our mouth and share our message in the unique and different ways. And yes, some days it feels hard, but there are people that are listening and watching and learning and listening and watching and learning and listening and watching and learning. And we have to be willing to be at the beginning of new movements instead of at the iceberg. So um, last thing I want to ask you about is tell, tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about your book. I saw you gave it away on the airport, the airplane again yesterday. So cute. So tell us a little bit about your book. We'll have the link to the book in show notes. Um, It's also under my favorites on my webpage. Oh, thank you. I forget about that. Um, My book is love and laughter, sexy, meaningful, fun for everyone because I, um, I wrote it. It's the, the first two chapters are really are my story. So you'll get to know me very well. Um, my sister said, it's like just listening to you talk, which I thought was one of the greatest compliments. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. But, um, it is my journey. It's the idea of if you think that sexy is for somebody else, if you think that sexy is for a newlyweds or for young people or only attractive people or only straight people or, or anything like that, um, and particularly, this is written geared towards women, women because mm-hmm. it's my perspective. But it's the, the, the journey of how do you start getting comfortable with your body, mm-hmm. with yourself? How do you tune in? How do you um, recognize that there's a world out there that um, there are so many different ways to express our love sexually, sensually, romantically, and yet we're not encouraged to do that. Mm-hmm. I say if we're lucky, we, we've been taught... Four ways, you know, there's missionary, there's oral, there's doggy style. And if you're really naughty and like don't talk like good girls, but there's anal, right? That's just for the really, really, everybody lowers their voice and whispers about that one. And um, and very few women really admit that. And so, well, I'm here to tell you, people can have anal orgasms. Mm -hmm. It's the craziest thing. Who knew? But it's there. There's so much different pleasure. But even those four acts, like if you only had four meals for the rest of your life, you'd be like, oh, this is awful, right? Right. So we need to, there are some basic ingredients. There's beef, there's shrimp, there's chicken, there's tofu. (laughs) And and then there's lots of seasonings and sides and stuff. So that's the romantic, the passion props, I think, can just help us change the scene and create context and liven things up and, and make things new and different. And so I, my analogy is that everybody should be creating their own passion plays romantic shows in their bedrooms in the evenings and how we can do that. So once we can just buy in and we can see how this makes sense, that we'd never go to the theater to see the same shows, but, um, and we can like a one person show or a two person show or like lots of props and back, you know, scenery changes, costume changes, then it gives us that freedom. And that's my client who learned to love loving her husband. It was when she realized she didn't have to judge. She didn't have to just only be a certain way that love could look like all sorts of different ways and expressions that she found the freedom to have, you know, sexy stuff in, in the rain outside, which just sounds so beautifully <laughs> romantic, right? And um, outside just making out in the car while the rain's pouring down around yeah. you even and stuff. And, um, and to model, because you're right, my clients do come in and they show off and they model for us not to turn anybody else out there on out there 
but because they feel so good that they are proud of themselves and they want to be seen. It's there. It's all about them. It's not the Victoria's no, I love. I totally get the empowerment. I remember... Yeah kind of awesome. whining one day in my own mental self. And I was like, Bill should think I'm sexy. My husband should think I'm sexy. And I was like, well, Allison, do you think you're sexy? And so I immediately dropped that obligation and began to focus on that I am sexy. And the more that I remember that I'm sexy, the more that I remember that I'm beautiful, the more that I remember my I amness and sexy is one of those things, the more my sex life turned up. And it had nothing to do with, you know, if I'm sitting around not feeling good about my body and I'm waiting for my husband to say, oh, you're so sexy. And instead of me, like, and at the time I had about 15 pounds on me more than I did. And I just decided that my big old belly was the sexiest thing in the world. Yes. And those soft curves that I had never had before because I was always a stick body. But it's, you know, that, that one moment of insight realize that I can, it's that sexy power, right? But the power is giving myself everything I want from the outside. And then what happens is the outside gets transformed because I begin showing up in a different way. It's all about who we be. And yes. so I love, I just, oh, I just adore you. I think you're <laughs> so you. neat and so needed. And I can imagine that it might feel lonely. You know, I, I do work with a few people who do kind of a really different, unique way of work. And, um, the hardest part of that is getting the word out because not everybody knows what sexy fun is. Everybody knows what an adult story is, but not everybody knows the Beth Liebling. So I want to tell my audience, you need to know Beth Liebling. Follow her on Facebook and on Instagram at Beth Talks. You'll see not only... Um, you'll see hear a lot of her stories. And then Darling Way is the boutique. And that's darlingway.com. Um, there's Darling Way on Instagram. And I think there's Darling Way on Facebook too. And they are actually Darling Way Boutique on oh, Darling Instagram Way. and Facebook. Yeah. Okay. The shop name is actually... It's just darlingway.com, but we couldn't get the... The, the name on those social media. So it's okay. Darling Way Boutique. Darling but, Way Boutique. Perfect. Yes. And we'll link all that up. But um, for any of you that just want to run straight to it. Um, yes. You, thank you, you so much. And your words, so Allison, welcome. just, they remind me um, that what I do matters. And, um, and quite frankly, it's the same thing as with sexy, right? If we don't actually feel sexy, then Bill could tell you you're sexy from here to, to the cows come home. It wouldn't matter. actually sink yeah. in. Um, but when you believe it, then you you appreciate the reminders because you know it, you can feel it. Well, I know in my heart, I really do. I know this matters because I know what I know that my life is transformed. I know that my life is so full of joy and so it's it's remarkable. My life has so much more love in it than I would ever have imagined. Um, and I don't just mean that just from Gary, but I mean just with the way I connect with other people, yeah. the way that I see it in other people, the way that I appreciate it and, and they fuel me. Um, and so I know that I have it, but hearing the reminders from other people, from when I get people who brag about me, about Darling Way, who are willing to acknowledge us on social media, who are willing to outwardly be part of our community um, online and in person it it fills me with with joy and gratitude and and appreciation because it is lonely and um and thank you so it's it's yeah, good to it have a, a village to know. it always helps to know so um those of you listening um you know we'll hook you up with best account and um 
and her website and her contact info. And please, um, if you feel at all a nudge to reach out to her, um, I don't know if you still have this. I saw this. It does say that you have on your website, you can schedule a nice to meet you free call. I don't know if you're still doing those um, or if that was just for couples camp, which was last October. But if anything, just reach out and send her a message and connect with her. Um, She sends out an e-newsletter sometimes with product and love and all that other stuff. But you're going to want to get to know this woman. And those of you that um, you know host workshops or are looking to support your tribe with this content, I know she's available to do workshops and those kinds of things. She's got her online workshops, her local workshops. Go get some Beth Liebling in your world, soulies. Um, because sexy fun is a part of living a soulful life. Beth, thanks for being here today. Oh, thank you so much. And Allison, thank you for, you've changed my life. You've changed my world. You fill it with sunshine and uh, and gold and brightness and cheer. And you never fail to support me with love and constructive help. I never feel like you, you don't bullshit. Um, you, you're not afraid to tell me if I'm, I'm just, if there are ways that I can improve, but you never, ever, ever do I feel shame or embarrassment yeah. Um, and I'm thankful. So thank you to all the Solis. And uh, and if you use Solis, by the way, um, oh, yeah, I'm going right. to do a discount at darlingway.com. So use the uh, promo code Solis and I will be happy to share a little bit of love and do a 10% discount. And if you order stuff and you email me, then I'll also send in a couple of free gifts for you. So but email me at beth at darlingway.com. So. Perfect. And Solis awesome. is spelled S-O-U-L-I-E-S. That's the name, the official name of members of my community. And um, so, yeah, that's another way you can get to know Beth. Come join part of our community and be there on uh, calls and in live events with her. All right, darling, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, listeners. Feel free to share this podcast on your favorite social media. Introduce it to a friend. And we appreciate your ears and your time today. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work Show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better, better is better.